Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Schoolhouse Rocks. Uh, we're here today to kind of set up an, a future conversation. Um, recently in Roxbury, a letter went home to all parents, kind of indicating that we have been working on updating our report card so that we can take steps to ensure that that document is something that is really usable, really informative, and helpful in our communication efforts to ensure parents are aware of what students are learning and how they are progressing. And so, you know, let's have a quick conversation here so that we can talk about those changes, where they came from, why they're important, and then we'll have a future conversation with one of the leading experts in grading reform, Dr. Thomas Guskey from the University of Kentucky, um, whose work we've really utilized to support our uh, changing and shifting of philosophy as it pertains to grade reporting. So before we start talking about that, I'd like to invite my colleagues here who are with me today to introduce themselves because they've all played a critical role in, um, in this movement. Hi, everyone. It's Alyssa Bellardino, the Pre-K-6 Humanities Supervisor. Hi, I'm Chris Zegar. I am the Assistant Principal for the uh, Grade 5-6 School in Lincoln Roosevelt. And I'm Jeff Ashina. I'm the Supervisor of Math, Business, and Family Consumer Sciences for Grades 7-12. through 12. All right, so um, as we are recording this, our first report cards for grades 5 through 12 already went home, and our first report cards K through 4 are about to go home, um, and the reason is K to 4 uses trimester structures so we can offset our grade reporting from conferences, which really helps us have five distinct communication points with parents, um, but our secondary report cards, that's our middle schools, 5, 6, and 7, 8 are middle schools. And our high school, 9 through 12, uh, go home on a marking period basis still. And so um, the purpose of today's conversation is kind of talk about some of the changes and updates that have been made to the report card. Where did they come from? Why are they important? And so I'm going to open the floor, but I'll start by using this quote from Dr. Gusky's book, who we will hear from in a future episode. His book is called Get, Set, Go. And in that book where he talks about grading reform, one of the things he mentions is that the key to success um, rests in trying to change attitudes and not changing attitudes and beliefs directly, but changing the experience. And that experience is important for teachers, parents, and students. And that's really kind of what we were going for with some of these shifts was altering the experience of receiving a report card so it includes much more comprehensive information about the course uh, topics, the learning points, and how a student is progressing towards achievement in those learning points as opposed to uh, kind of a term we've coined here, which is kind of the data blender, taking a whole bunch of information, throwing it in, and the parts become undiscernible from one another and really complicate a parent's ability to separate student learning um, from the feelings associated with common letter uh, nomenclature, right? A, B, C, D, F kind of structure. All right, so let's talk about why that shift is important and where it's come from here in Roxbury. Yeah, I want to um, kind of talk a little bit about why there needs to be a, some type of, of change. And, and I think, you know, nationwide, these are trends of, of communicating better to parents, to students, you know, to faculty, the, what's happening, you know, with, with a student's learning. So grades in themselves are a communication tool. And some of the limitations of, you know, previous grading models, which is your A, B, C, D, F, um, is the fact that, you know, people think they understand what each of those things mean because you kind of have a feeling, okay, well, I'm doing all right, I'm doing really good, I'm doing poorly. But the problem is that once we get past that, it becomes really difficult to ascertain, like, exactly what that means, right? So an A student, oh, you're doing really, really well, right? Uh, but what, is, what does that mean? Do I put in an enormous amount of effort? Do I uh, do really well on exams? 
you know, and a lot of that has come down to the fact that, you know, it's a lot of those different things, but not all of those things are helping us understand how much a student learns. And, and to kind of give you an example, you know, I can take two, two students, they both have like a, an 80 or 78 in a class and all that, right? And one kid could, you know, be doing really well on each of the tests and does no homework and, right? One of them could be doing all their homework and, you know, doesn't do really well on the test. But according to like the grade that we give, it's like the exact same thing. And I, and I don't think, you know, it just doesn't tell us um, enough about what's going on. And, and, and because of that, it becomes more difficult to be able to support students as they move from grade to grade. It becomes much more difficult to be able to communicate with parents, to have them have an understanding of where a student is struggling and where they're, where they're exceeding. And the reason that's complicated is because it's hard to quantify the tools that were used um, to design that number, that letter. Um, one of the things Dr. Gusky asked me years ago when we first interacted with him as we were looking to provide guidance on how to evaluate student learning and provide grades um, while we were out of our school buildings due to the COVID-19 pandemic, um, he asked me, tell me, asked me, he asked me to tell him the difference between a 78 and a 79 as it pertained to student achievement. And as I found myself struggling mightily to do so, his point really resonated, which was we have these structures in place that we can't describe the purpose of, um, and we can't really clearly articulate the distinction between the tiers other than what they've always meant, which is really, as Chris kind of said, a feeling. Um, and part of that, I'm going to throw Jeff a softball here, is that we kind of used flawed mathematics um, in a way to attain those numbers, which is finding the average, mm -hmm. right? And so Chris kind of described that in a... Um, qualitative way with a student who really does well on tests or assessments, but does poorly in homework versus a student who does really well in homework, does kind of extra credit, but the assessments, the learning tools aren't really um, where they, where we would hope they'd be. But when we average all that stuff together, the data blender, the number comes out the same and it becomes hard to really distinguish where a student needs additional support, where students excelling. What, what do we celebrate? What do we remediate? So let, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. So I think there's a, there's an unfortunate confusion between the words familiarity and understanding, right? We have a familiarity with the grading system that's currently in place, right? We've we've gone through it, we've all experienced it, we know it. We're able to, you know, we're able to have those feelings because of our experiences with them. But the understanding piece of it, it gets a little confusing, right? So um, one of the things that we have changed in our uh, grades six through twelve report cards is the open commentary box. Uh, in p past experiences, along with the letter grade or the number grade that you achieve in the class through that data blender on your report card, you would also get some sort of, I don't want to use the word generic. They, they're thought out. They're just typical comments that uh, teachers have the option of choosing from. But now we have the open commentary, and that gives you the option for the teachers to actually write up a little bit more information, a little bit more detail. And that, to me, is the game changer, because now you could really describe what's happening with kids. If you need something that's really informative, this is your opportunity to memorialize that, to communicate that with parents, to look at, you know, in the future and see what's, you know, in the future opportunities, we could look back at those comments and see what changes have we made, what changes haven't we made, what do we need to continue to do, what we uh, need to change moving forward. Uh, that, that to me, is probably the biggest impact, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what opportunities come out from that. And um, just to piggyback off that a little bit, I think it because it, it raises a larger concern, right, which is it, it it's very difficult, if not impossible, to really quantify thinking and learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, it's really easy to represent things in numbers. We like numbers. They seem like they, they, 
they're more scientific. Right. Um, but there are a lot of things that are very just difficult to be able to really put a quantifiable number on and, and more information in this regard is probably right. Better. It's a frame of reference, right? You could actually, you have an understanding of something you feel like you could grab onto and know what it's talking about. Um, and to go back to Dr. Sipes' reference on the average, um, there's a visual out there from a book that I love of by that's called Building Thinking Classrooms and talks about evaluating and grading and it's an example of like somebody packing a parachute, right? And they're being evaluated on how well they packed a parachute. And you have somebody who starts off really well, kind of sinks down, doesn't do so well later on, and eventually is still performing poorly. Um, then you have another person who starts off poorly, but eventually learns, goes up, um, and then is continuously excelling at packing the parachute. And you have one person who goes up and down throughout the whole process. The funny thing about that is, is that every single one of those people get the same average. You know, but are we looking at that person who is doing consistently poorly now to be packing our parachute? I wouldn't want to. I'm not a skydiver, but, you know, I'd rather have somebody who's consistently doing very well at this point, knowing how to pack my parachute. And, you know, so seeing that progression over time, too, uh, I think is more important than seeing what the final product is. So I'm just going to jump in. I will hyperlink that picture below this podcast recording on our district website. So if you're listening to this podcast um, on one of the podcast servers, you can visit roxbury.org and I will have that image linked. Or you can uh, pick up a copy of Building Thinking Classrooms, which is a really amazing uh, book. So we talked a little bit about secondary there. And one of the changes, we do know that that ability to provide a narrative comment really does have the potential to have a significant impact on how we communicate progress for student learning with parents and with the student. Um, we want students to be invested in their learning as well. Um, it definitely changes the experience. It is an option. Um, you know, for, for teachers, but it definitely is an, an, an enhancement to the options that were available before. Now, that option has always been available elementary, mm -hmm. um, but our elementary report card, our K-4, has a very dis different appearance and um, than the secondary one. So, Alyssa, you want to talk about that? Because you've done a ton of work um, with teachers to refine that product, and I'm just going to throw it out there to help, you know, kind of facilitate a pro-con conversation here is... So one of the complaints is that that work has led the report card to be lengthy and <laughs> difficult to um, spend time with. Yeah. Um, I would say the pro is it gives significantly more comprehensive information. So let's talk about that because you've done a ton of work with teachers on that. Absolutely. So when we talk about communicating achievement to parents and to students, looking at the report card, it is a document that, as Dr. Seid mentioned, it looks a little comprehensive, right? It could be a few pages. But ultimately, this document is really breaking down the difference between achievement and work habits and social skills and things like that. So there is a separation. But one thing that's different in the elementary world is we don't give letter grades. And instead, our report cards are based on standards aligned curricular goals. And so when you look at the state standards, the New Jersey student learning standards by subject area, there are, you can call them goals by the end of the school year that we want our students to know. And no matter the subject area, there is a goal at the end where third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders, and so on should be able to do. Well, we can't expect them to come in in September, or October, November to be able to do these things. That's why we're teaching them, right? So we have a process where students are learning things by certain points in the year. Our report card reflects that. So when you look at a report card in K through six, what you'll notice is there are no letter grades, but there are um, progress indicators such as E for exceed standards, M meets standards, P progressing with help towards meeting the standards, H having difficulty, and NA, which is not assessed at this time. 
when you look at our report card, you'll notice that sometimes in the beginning, we might not start with that particular standard. Over the course of the year, these standards will be spiraled in. And by the end of the year, the goal is that students will be meeting or close to meeting those particular standards. At times, you'll notice that, oh, it says they're reading, you know, on grade level. Well, what does that mean? By November, here's where about they should be reading. Um, our teachers and our team of a grading committee educators have been fantastic. And we created rubrics to go along with the report card so that we can make sure that grading is done with fidelity. So we're all on the same page and we know, okay, by trimester one, here's where students should be about in first grade. So you might notice over the course of the year, the letters are changing right now. My student might be meeting benchmark on a particular standard and next trimester, they might need a little bit more support in that area. And, and I think that that approach has caused some consternation for parents, parents who came up in an educational system like we all did, where right out of the gate, you could earn an A, a B, right? Even though we may not know what contributed specifically to that, um, you got that like associated jubilant feeling right out of the gate. Um, and so some parents, you know, have struggle with uh, um, the language when in the beginning of the year, a student may be getting a P, yep. right? Progressing. Yep. Like, well, what do you mean they haven't mastered it yet? And the answer is because we haven't taught it all yet. We don't, the right. expectation is not that students have mastered it yet because we're still, uh, the learning process is fluid and ongoing. Um, and so I think that is a different approach than what we do at the secondary level. Yep. And we've been working to shift that. Some of our um, cycles teachers at the at the middle level, that's five, six, and seven, eight, have worked to design similar grade reporting structures as elementary to really talk about um, as a part of a pilot in a secondary model, um, providing that information. Our fifth grade uses the same thing. Yep. Um, and, and one of the big distinctions there is that elementary report card without the in the absence of that letter grade and really um, providing comprehensive information as it pertains to progress towards learning goals associated with the class, there is a separation of what Dr. Gusky refers yep. to as process goals, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of those other elements that are important to the learning experience, but are really kind of hard to quantify fairly and objectively effort, attitude, homework. Now, when I say homework, I know people are like, no, 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 that's easy to quantify. And I would question, is it? Right. Like who's doing it? Um, to what degree did that student need that? To what degree did that student need more? It doesn't. Um, the elementary pro profile really celebrates the idea that every learner is unique. Every learner has specific goals um, and a specific trajectory that might be different than their peers, but may have the same capacity to have learned everything by the end, which is really the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so some of the changes we've made, Jeff mentions the comment box at the secondary level, um, some of the option for progress mastery uh, reporting in the specials the cycles five through eight really allow that ability to separate some of those pieces so we can paint a more comprehensive picture of the student learning experience yeah and i think you know I, I look to be completely honest it is a long journey going ahead you know as we try to shift vocabulary and i think in a lot of ways how we know how to talk about things is is how we are able to think about them and you know just kind of learning as a community you know, how to best understand, you know, how to talk about where a student is excelling and struggling. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, students, like people in general are, have like a, a, a negativity bias when they're looking at things. So they're looking for deficits, you know, in those report cards. And, and I think some of it is too, you know, from, from our standpoint, helping parents better be able to understand the reporting system that goes out there so that, you know, that, that information they get uh, becomes easier to be translated into something they can celebrate at home, but then also 
uh, be able to uh, ask the, the right type of questions of their teachers. So one of the things that maybe this, you know, while this is kind of a shorter reference because it's a lead into our conversation with Dr. Gusky is based on his work with us a couple of years ago, we worked and parents may have noticed that we added a philosophy for grading um, on our report cards a couple of years ago. That was our first big shift. And it is present on every report card K through 12. Um, it is language that was designed through a collective effort of administrators, um, parents and teachers. We had multiple feedback cycles into ensuring that the language that was used in that description, that philosophy, really met our goals as a district. Um, it really articulated our hopes for what the report card provides and could also be used as a future lighthouse for how we adapt that document to, back to the thing I kind of said from the beginning from Dr. Gusky's work, um, changes that experience to ensure that the report card is the most beneficial product it can be for, for parents, students, and teachers. And that philosophy of grading reads like this. The Roxbury School District believes the purpose of grade reporting is to communicate current academic achievement as it relates to the mastery of standards-based curricular goals, along with additional criteria focused on attributes that influence the ongoing learning process. The entirety of this report is representative of current factors, which form a basis whereby a student's learning may be encouraged, challenged, and supported. And that language is intentional. It is intentional to paint a picture that learning is a process, that students are at different places and all deserve individual support structures that will help them meet with success. It also intentionally separates the idea that standards-based learning goals are something different from some of those additional criteria, but those additional criteria, which we kind of mentioned and used that language of process, do contribute to learning, right? A student's effort, a student's attitude, work outside of the classroom, commonly referred to as homework, all of those things do impact a student's ability to learn and make progress, but should be reported kind of in isolation so we can get a more clear picture of the student as opposed to utilizing that data blender kind of approach, mix everything up. So any last thoughts? Because, you know, while these changes are slow, Dr. Zegar mentioned that this is a process. It is, it, it does take some time and it does take a, um, a lot of behind the scenes work. So I want to thank the folks here, our supervisors, our administrators, our parents, our teachers, every all of whom, you know, a lot of people have given us feedback. There is a current survey uh, that is linked to the hyperlink to the letter I sent out where pe we welcome feedback on the report card. Um, so let's get last thoughts, um, you know, on this conversation. So I think one of the things, if you're a parent out there that I would highly recommend is uh, when the report cards do come out, sit down with your child and just have a conversation with them. Not a, It's not a blame game. It's not a defending or anything like that. Just talk about what's going on in the classroom and we'll talk about where the struggles are, where the successes are, what can we do, what can we change, how can we support? I think just opening up that dialogue with the child uh, would be extremely beneficial and you know give them uh, more sense of an ownership as well of those grades and, and the report card system itself. Yeah, I agree. I think no matter how young the learner is, it's important to, you know, have that conversation with them, ask them what they're learning. Mm -hmm. How do you feel really good about what you're learning? Is there something that you struggle with that I could help you with? Um, and continue to stay in contact with your child's teacher and, you know, ask them questions. They have. I noticed that they have a P is this something that you know, a standard that we're just starting to work on as, you know, a team, as a grade level, or is my student struggling specifically with that? I think it's important to have that ongoing communication um, to see how you can best support your child at home and how the teacher can best support them at school. Yeah, and I think finally, like, you know, everybody's different. You know, every kid's different. They're going to have different strengths and they're going to have, you know, different areas of struggle. Every adult's like that too. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think we get, we get nervous as parents, um, 
you know, as as worried about like, you know, I, I got to hit this target, you know, at, by, by this point in time or, or you know, this thing happens, you get, you get anxious. Um, and I think it's, you know, always important to understand that it, it's a journey and not, you know, a whole bunch of little steps um, that, you know, the kids aren't finished products. Adults aren't finished products. You know, these are, you know, we every every one of these um, grade reporting uh, points, whether they be in a grade book or, or whether or not you get like the, the standards. Uh, sent to you and how they're progressing, you know, really comes down to like where they are, where they are on the journey. And, and they're going to be, you know, ahead in some areas and they might need some support in some other ones. But, you know, the, the you, you keep playing the game the next day. All right. I, I, I appreciate you guys coming to talk about this uh, to kind of set up our conversation with Dr. Gusky. I'm super excited to have him join us. I know that um, he has such a high level of, of expertise in this area and has done amazing things in terms of how the state of Kentucky has transformed the, the way that they communicate student progress with with their parents. And he can, hopefully will share a little bit of what that journey has looked like uh, and definitely acknowledge it is an ongoing process. But at the end, um, we would ask that not only parents, teachers share feedback, but recognize that the genuine spirit of this effort is to ensure that the most comprehensive information is shared with our community, with parents and with students, so that we really know how students are progressing as opposed to seeking to elicit positive feelings. Um, we want every kid to do great, um, but with abs that information, absent specificity, really does make it uh, complicated for, for an accurate interpretation of how a student is doing. Uh, so thanks for listening. I would encourage you to keep your eyes uh, out for the next episode um, when we speak with Dr. Gusky, and not the next in our sequence, but it'll be the next conversation on grading. Um, and if you're interested in these topics, you can certainly grab one of the texts that we've referenced here, Dr. Gusky's book, Get Set, Go, um, as well as Building Thinking Classrooms, um, both of which are really exceptional in terms of transformational language as it pertains to modern learning. Thanks a lot.